You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Overcame death and hell and rose again and is now at the right hand of the Father. And there he lives, he lives to pray for you. And all of that prayer is about coming and living inside of you. And his whole heart, his whole message is that you will accept him. And it's so easy for us to do, to just believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And as we believe on Him, we confess Him, we ask Him to forgive us for the old sinful life that we've lived, the sinful nature that, that, that we took on. All of that is, is to be put behind us through forgiveness. And as we receive that forgiveness, we are restored and adopted into the kingdom of God. And that is the message of salvation. That's the hope of the world, if you will. That's, that's why we come here. That's why we are life, life church. Though you were dead in sin, you are now made alive. You have life. Jesus says, I came to give you life and to give you that life abundantly. So there's this mystery that we can't really totally fully explain, maybe can't even totally fully comprehend, but this Jesus, the Son of God, can live inside of us. And if you've done that, if you've asked Him to forgive you and you've received Him as your Savior, if He's the Lord of your life, then He is living in you. The Holy Spirit is in you, all right? And He lives within you and His desire is to manifest through you. And so that, that life of Jesus that comes into you then somehow wants to come out of you, all right? In some tangible way, God wants to reveal Himself in the earth, and the way He's chosen to do that is by living in you, and you become the light of the world. Let's go into Scripture this morning. I want to give you a passage of Scripture. My message is very simple today, and it's called Taking It to the Streets. We're going to talk about yesterday for a moment, and then we're going to talk a lot about tomorrow and the weeks ahead, in particular uh, opportunities to, to get out and to be the church. All right, so I want to take you to Matthew chapter 5. I want to look beginning at verse 13. It says there, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. That sounds like such a horrible situation, doesn't it? Let's look at the next verse, though. All right. You, however, you are the light of the world. And a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Neither do people put light, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And finally, verse 16, in the same way, now we're talking about you and I, all right? In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I like Father's Day because on Father's Day, I usually get praised, all right? My wife usually praises me on Father's Day, unless I do something really, really goofy early in the morning and mess it all up. She, no, I, I don't think I've ever messed up a Father's Day. I'm anticipating all of this ex, you know, excitement and love coming my way. You know? And uh, my children, I'm, I'm sad because my daughter's in Vancouver, all right? But she did call and, and by way of my wife, wish me Happy Father's Day uh, this, this, this weekend, you know? Uh, but I, I'm always excited for Father's Day because I... I 
I'm affirmed, I'm loved, it's expressed to me, sometimes I get gifts, you know. Uh, this is, it's, just, it's a great day, all right? And I believe that our Father in Heaven loves to be praised. I believe that it is His desire that you and I praise Him. But you know, sometimes my children will do something that's really wonderful. Lots of times, actually. But sometimes it's like really significant. You know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's over the top. And someone will respond to me and they'll go, that's your child? Yes, that's, that's mine. You know, wonderful children. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I'm beaming. I love it. It's affirming to me. Yeah. That's my child. They're doing great things. People see somehow something of me in what my children are doing. Let your light shine. How? That people will see the good things you're doing, the good deeds that you do. And in seeing those things that you do, they will glorify or praise the Father. I believe it's so pleasing to God when He sees His children doing things that are good in the earth. You know, we, we get very performance-driven or performance-oriented in the church. It's all about doing a lot of times. And it, it's a risk to preach like this because it can be misinterpreted that, oh, the pastor expects me to do more. All right? I mean, some of the ladies yesterday looked at me. One, one lady, I won't name any names, but one lady looked at me. Matter of fact, she hit me twice yesterday. <laughs> Uh, she, she hit me twice. You can ask her who she is. You know, but but she, she accused me of being quite aggressive yesterday. Quite, quite demanding in a sense, you know, uh, because uh, it was a big day. You know, there was a lot to do, you know, and we were all doing it, you know, and I was kind of out there like, like going everywhere and watching. And, and, but I, I, th- I was trying to be very gracious about all of it, you know, but, but every once in a while it was like, come on, let's go. We got you know, things to do. We, we can get very performance-oriented in our minds through, through history and family and, and, and parental stuff and all those kinds of things. And we can feel like, if I, how much more do I have to do to, to, for God to love me? How much more will it take for God to like me? How, how can I be God's friend? How much does it take? What, just tell me what to do, God. Give me, give me the list of things to do, and I'll just do those things. And it's all out of the head and the action, and there's nothing in the heart. But to do it God's way is going to require that you and I live out of the heart because it's got to be done in love. We've got to reach out in, in true, genuine, agape love and do what we do. We don't do it predicated on getting something or being rewarded or being merited in some way. We do it because we love God. It is out of a love for God that we live in obedience to Him. And that, that obedience speaks of our love to the Father. But those deeds done in obedience speaks to the earth. It speaks light to the earth. And, and the earth, the, the, the people in the earth see that. Yesterday, Life Church chose to be a light in the neighborhood. There's a reason why. Number one, we have come to value this neighborhood. We put great value in this neighborhood. I love this neighborhood. And I fell more in love with this neighborhood yesterday because I got to know people in this neighborhood. All right? And, and, and I think that this is one of the greatest neighborhoods in the city. There's so much rich history in this neighborhood. 
There's so many amazing people in this neighborhood. There is no more diverse neighborhood in the entire city than the neighborhood that we are in. There's amazing culture all over this neighborhood that is flourishing. And so we have, we have a great opportunity to grow together and learn and, and be a part of and participate among a multitude of people as God blesses us and sends us out. And so there's no better neighborhood to be in than this neighborhood. I value this neighborhood greatly. And because I value this neighborhood, there's a part of me that wants to protect this neighborhood, that wants to care about it. And, and to be honest with you, at the risk of getting a, a bit emotional here, I, I want to pastor this neighborhood. I want you to pastor this neighborhood. You don't have to be the, the priest of the house. You don't have to be the pastor of the church. You don't, you don't have to have senior in front of your name or associate in front of your name or any of those kinds of things. You're called to be priest. You're called to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're called to, to rise up as part of a living stone upon living stone being built as the kingdom of God. You, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says? That's, that's an amazingly huge question that every one of us needs to come to grips with and answer. And answer in the affirmative, yes. Yes, God, I know. I know that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit lives and, and dwells within me. But then there must be a response to that reality, to that, that recognition that I house the Spirit of God. And God has an expectation of you and I in that. And so I want, to, I want to challenge us that we begin to see ourselves as that light, doing those good deeds because of the, the fact that I, I want to pastor this neighborhood, I want to protect it, I want to care about it, I want, I want, to, I want to build it up, I, I, want, I want to invest in it. It bothers me when I see things go awry. At the beginning of this weekend that we kicked off as an outreach weekend, a weekend to open up Life Church and, and touch the neighborhood and, and get to know our, our, our friends and neighbors and love on people and help people, a 20-year-old man was murdered just, just a few blocks from here. That's not, that's not what I want to see happen in my neighborhood. That, that's not what I want to see go on in the neighborhood that, that I love and that I cherish and that, that I feel responsible for. And so then, that moves me. That challenges me to go beyond where I am. To say, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of this neighborhood. I, I can't put that light under a bushel. I can't put it under a bowl. I can't hide that thing away. It, that, that, that doesn't make sense. That, that creates an identity of me of being useless, of being empty, of being void. See, I think every person in this room has great, great value. We talk often corporately and we talk about the church, but I want to tell every one of you, God sees in you an unbelievable amount of potential because He sees in you the ability to carry Him. All right, there's a lot that you and I can't do on our own. We shouldn't even attempt. All right? But there's a whole lot that we need to be doing because of the Christ in us. There's, there's so much that needs to be happening because Jesus is living in us. And He has called us to be the light into the world. And so I want to challenge you and I this morning that we begin to see the neighborhood, that we begin to see the city very differently, all right? Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. It says, Also, 
Well, let's go. In this place, I will ruin the plans of Judah and Jerusalem. I will make them... That is not the right scripture. Let me just read it to you. All right? Jeremiah, I may have the wrong reference there. Let me read the scripture to you. Verse 7. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. He's talking to, to Israel now. He says, I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. If the city prospers, you'll prosper. If the neighborhood prospers, you'll prosper. If your block prospers, you'll prosper. There's a a benefit here to us of seeking this prosperity for our city. All right? But here's what I want you to understand. He says, pray for the city to which I have carried you. Here's what I want you to understand. I don't believe any of you are here by accident. Whether you were born here in this city and you've lived here all your life, are like me, you're a transplant in from some other part of the country and some other cultural center, all right? I believe that every person who is here, you are here by the hand of God. God brought you here. God planted you here. God has established you here. And because God has brought you here, there is a purpose behind your coming. There's a reason for your being here. Now, at the risk of stretching this thing just a little bit, I want to say this to you. I fully believe you're in the neighborhood you're supposed to be in. I believe you're right where God wants you to be. Some of you say, well, yeah, but I just bought my house because I like ne- that neighborhood and I, and, 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 and I like that house. Yes, and for some of you, you live in a different neighborhood than you worship. All right? Some of you, you come in here on Sundays. But let me tell you something. The same dollars that bought your houses bought this building. You own it. It's yours. You, by default, if for no other reason, own a little piece of real estate right here at 1117 West 11th Street. You have ownership here. You're a part of Life Church, your neighborhood. This is where God has put you. All right? What's out there when you walk out that door, the streets and the sidewalks and the houses and the trees and the humanity living in them, the lovely people of this neighborhood, they are meant to have relationship with you and I and you and I with them. God intends it to be that way. And so we as Life Church, we took the, the lid off the can, so to speak, yesterday. By saying we want, to, we want to have an open house. We want to get to know people. We want to love the neighborhood more. And the reality is that a few people thought we were opening a can of worms. But we opened a can of treasure. We opened a can of delight. We opened a can that, that, that had the precious heart of God inside of it. And we began to see and hear and feel with the heartbeat of God. Okay? So... We have a responsibility to seek the peace and the prosperity of the city. When someone gets hurt in our neighborhood, it needs to hurt us. We need to feel that. All right? We, we need to, we need to, to feel the, the heaviness of God's heart. When things go on here that go awry, we need, we need to not look at it and judge it and criticize it and, and put it down and all those kinds of things. I'm not saying that all of you have done that. I'm just saying that is, if we're going to be life-giving, we're going to be life-church, let's be it all the way. All right? 
And let's, let's begin to look at the value of this neighborhood that we're in. Let's begin to look at the value of the people that are, that are here. That young man should not have lost his life a couple of nights ago or days ago, whenever it was. All right? Shouldn't, shouldn't have happened. It bothers me terribly when people's lives come to an end prematurely. And you say, well, Pastor, I can't pack a gun and walk the streets of this, this neighborhood and protect everybody. No, please do not. <laughs> That's not what I'm asking you to do. But you and I can get out there on the streets in the light of day and we can pray. And your prayers can change the atmosphere of this neighborhood. Your prayers can make a difference, if you will. I, I want to tell you three things that will help you today. And, and my goal here, the big idea here is for you to get out, not stay in. All right. I don't mean get out of Life Church and go find another church. I don't mean get out of town. I don't mean get out of the neighborhood. I mean get out into the neighborhood and make a difference. That's what I mean. All right. So the big idea when you leave here today is I got to get out there. I got to do something. All right. You take personal ownership, personal responsibility. You say you don't know how busy I am. I really don't care. All right. I don't mean that in an in a, in a arrogant kind of way to you. I really don't, you don't need to tell me how busy you are. I'm busy too. We're all busy. We all know that. We made ourselves busy. But we repented last Sunday about all of the things that get in the way. We repented last Sunday. You know, you came, you came down front here with me. And I led you in the spirit of repentance. And we repented for distractions. We repented for, for being overcommitted. We repented for filling our lives up with too much so that we don't have enough time to do what God has called us to do. And so I'm, I'm saying to you today, you don't need to talk to me about your busyness. I understand it. I relate to it. I identify with it. I'm, I'm, I'm there too, all right? But we have got to be willing to take an hour or two of our week and come over here into our neighborhood and get out there on the sidewalks and begin to walk and pray and meet people and have a great time growing with the neighborhood that God has given us and put us in, all right? And, and, and I believe that you can do that. I believe that, that, that you are able to do that, all right? So I want to give you three things. Given that, I want to give you three things that I believe will, that prayer walking will do for you, okay? Uh, number one, I believe prayer walking will give you a focus, all right? Because praying while, 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 while you're walking, that makes prayer very, very purposeful, very, very informed, very, very stimulating, all right? It's really hard to go to sleep when you're crossing an intersection, you know? And, and, and it, it's really, it really becomes um, opening and, and revelatory when you're walking around. You begin to look at the neighborhood. You don't see this neighborhood driving in and driving out. Why, why, why are there drive-ins all over town? Convenience. So you don't have to get out and go in. All right? they, they just serve a purpose of convenience. Just driving in and driving out is convenient. But it doesn't let us really see the neighborhood. It doesn't let us really get to know someone. I don't, I don't want to put anybody on the spot here who, who came in today uh, new to the church and from the outreach. I'm just glad you're here, and I love you, and I am, I am so thankful that you came over and we got to meet you and that you trusted us enough to, to come over and let your kids jump around on those crazy things that we had out there. Yeah, they were huge. They were, they were big. I mean, I'll do a lot of things, but it was like, mm-mm. I am 57 years old. I got a marathon scheduled. I am, no, I'm not getting on that thing. Do you see that big ball hanging from a cord? I'm like, yeah. 
I saw this little, little girl. I mean, little girl. And, and I saw this, this other kid that was bigger, and he, he was up on one of those platforms that was inside of that thing. And, and this big, it, it's right out there, you can see it. It's a big honking ball, okay? And he's got it, and he can hardly hold it, get his arms around it. And he takes it, and he goes, vroom, and it goes across. And there's this little tiny girl, and she's right over there. It's like something out of Indiana Jones, you know, when the big ball is rolling down, down in, the, in, in, in the cavern or whatever, you know. And you just see her, and she's like, ah, you know. And all of a sudden, she goes, vroom, and it just slides right over her head. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you have delivered this child today. <laughs> you are a faithful God. Oh, but we had fun. It, it, was, it, was, it was awesome, you know, and so thank you for, for coming out. But, but I, I had a couple people tell me, you know, the people we're seeing today who are, who are coming around for the open house, uh, many of them are people that we talked to. We stopped on the street and we talked to them or on the sidewalk and, and we talked to them. It was great, you know. Just sitting here, worshiping, praying. No offense to all of you who are burdened to pray and you love prayer. I'm behind you 100%. Even if I don't show up, I'm still behind you. I love you. All right? But folks, just sitting in here praying is not going to cut it. Just coming to pray is not going to happen. You're going to have to get out on the streets. You're going to have to put some, some legs to those prayers. There's going to have to be some places where you, you touch lives. Jesus didn't go in some garden and stay there. He went in a garden to wrestle. And, and he didn't come out till he died. He didn't die on the cross. I mean, he did, but he had died of himself long before he went on the cross. He died in the sweat of that garden moment where, where he anguished over life and death and obedience. And nevertheless, Father, I don't want to do this, but never, I'll do it. Nevertheless, your will, Father, be done. And that's where you and I have got to get to. We've got to have that kind of garden experience to say, you know what, Father, I, it, what matters to me doesn't matter anymore. Okay, it doesn't matter anymore. I got to get out there. So I need to die. I need to die to myself. And I, and I need to connect with somebody and, and bring life to them. And, and, and I know that I can't bring life in my own self. So I got to die so that you, Jesus, can live through me. And then the life I bring, the life I give, is you. So then you're the light of the world, all right? But, but the, the, there's a difference in praying for the community in the quiet of your own uh, you know, prayer closet or whatever and while walking through it, you know? It's just, it's to, you, you start to see things. You, start to, you, you hear the sounds. You smell the smells. You, you, you see the things that are in the neighborhood. And you, as you begin to do that, you begin to have a better understanding of how to pray and, and how, to, how to pray right about the neighborhood, all right? And so, because you start to see things, you begin to pray specifically and you, you begin to pray more fervently because you have understanding. So, prayer walking, it, it gives you a focus, all right? That's number one. Number two, prayer walking will energize your prayer life, all right? Why? Because when you walk and pray, it requires the Holy Spirit. You, it requires you to engage the Holy Spirit. You need help as you pray, all right? Two things are going to happen when you prayer walk. All right? When you get out there and you begin to walk in the neighborhood and pray, number one, you're going to commune with God because you're going to depend on Him. The awareness of the needs around you 
will cause you to depend more on God. The second thing is that you're going to engage in battles with darkness. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you as you fight these battles in prayer. All right? I don't, I don't want to confuse anyone. I don't want to scare anyone. I don't want to make anyone think that we're spooky around here because we're not. But once in a while, we just, we just have to not worry too much about what people think and just, just go with what God is telling us to do. I don't know what you think about spirits and demons and all that kind of stuff. But I know that the enemy is the author of lies. I know that he is the author and the creator of many strongholds that deal with dependencies on drugs and alcohol and other kinds of things. But I also know that the enemy breeds a spirit of death. The enemy loves to take people out. And death is not of God. It's, a, it's of the enemy. All right? And, and there is a spirit of death, if you will, that invades communities. It does that through murder. It does that through suicide. It does that through particular kinds of diseases that can plague a, a particular community over a period of time. And so sometimes we have to actually pray against the spirits of darkness. And we're not going to discern what those are until we have understanding. And so getting out and, and, and seeing what's around you and, and listening to what is going on and understanding what's happening within your neighborhood will help you to pray more specifically and to target certain areas and certain issues of, of strongholds and, and darkness. You're going to encounter some of that. So you're going to need to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's going to be required of you, all right? To be able to, to so your, your life is going to get energized as you commune with God and as you depend on Him and confront darkness, all right? But also, you're going to get energized in your prayer life because you're going to get focused and there's not, you're not going to have all the distractions you have. If I try to pray here, I begin to see and think about the things around here that need to be done. And so I stop praying and I start trying to figure out things or I start doing things. If I pray in my office in particular, and almost invariably, I, I'm, I'm drawn to, to go and check my email. Because it's a distraction. And it's, it's what the enemy uses to try to, to, to dismantle my prayer life. All right? But when you're out there on the sidewalks and you're walking and you're praying and you're praying for these houses that you're seeing on your left and on your right or that person that's mowing the lawn there or this guy sitting over here and, 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 and eating a, a, a taco or whatever, you, you, you begin to focus yourself more and you're able to stay on, on task and, and, and target a whole lot better. So a lot of the distractions that are normal to you and familiar to you are not at hand. And it alleviates boredom. I'm not a big group prayer. I, I like to do it sometimes. But there's one thing I don't really like. And maybe you like it, and it's great if you do. It's really sweet. Uh, I, I, don't, I call it the kumbaya experience. Everybody holds hands, and they sit around or stand around quietly, and they just sort of pray silently. It's like, ugh. I'm out. You know, I sleep. I'm tired most of the time. I'm exhausted. I work. You know, I, I expend myself. 
I play hard, I work hard. So a quiet circle doesn't really cut it for me very often. And if the Holy Spirit has come down on me and convicting me of sin and talking to me about my ugly side and all of that, I'm, I'm there, all right? And I don't, I don't want to be out on the streets then, you know. But when I'm targeting prayer and praying for the people that God loves, it's so nice not to find it boring. And so getting out on the streets takes that away. There's a lot of you, if you would admit it, if I said, go find a quiet place, kneel down and pray for our neighborhood. Most of you would do it. Some of you wouldn't. But most of those who did it would eventually grow bored or tired and sleepy. And, and, and a number of you would fall asleep. I would be one of those. I would fall asleep. I'm prone to do that. So walking is, I love it. I, I love getting out and walking because it keeps me awake. Helps me to pray with focus, all right? Here's the third thing. Prayer walking will help you connect with people. Two ways, very quickly. Number one is most of the time, and this is what we suggest, is that you pray with a friend. You and a friend go out. Or you and your spouse go out. Maybe you and your family go out. Okay? All right? Go out and, and, and two by two, just as Jesus sent people out, go out and pray for a little while. All right? I think everybody in here could go out and, and pray. All right? I think everybody in here can be a part of outreach. I think everybody in here can be a light into the earth. I just believe that. I, I, maybe I'm idealistic, but I believe that. I believe everybody can do that. It will be harder for some people than it will be for others. All right? But I believe we can, we can make it happen. All right? I, I was reading something. Cindy, you'll appreciate this. This lady, she... Uh, is in a wheelchair permanently all the time uh, because of disease in her body. And uh, people were, were talking about prayer walking. She goes, she, she goes some, someone else said, oh, you shouldn't talk about prayer walking because we have this lady in, 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 in the midst of us and she, she's in a wheelchair. And, uh, and she overhears this, you know, and she's like, what? I can prayer ride. <laughs> you know, I can prayer ride. And... I'm sharing that to say that you're, there's always going to be things that the enemy will tell you you can't do. You can't do this because of this. You can't do this because of that. You can't do this because of this. And that we can always find excuses. You know, well, I'm really busy today. You know, I, I, I got a lot going on. Well, doggone it, cancel something. Come on, guys. Cancel something. People, are, people are dying, going to hell. Let's, let's make a difference. I got a brother, he's 42 years old. He just had a stroke. I'm not sure that he knows Jesus. I'm, I'm concerned about him. I feel, I feel a lot of anguish in my soul because I have waited until he is in a traumatic situation and desperately needs healing. And I haven't really talked to him about Jesus a lot. I haven't been a real light to him. And I'm really, I'm really feeling that. I'm not condemned over it. 
But I'm just thinking, man, I haven't really reached out to him. I really haven't shared the love. And it's my own brother. And I'm, I'm asking God, check my heart, God, because I think I'm cold. I think I have a cold love here. I don't have the kind of love that, that moves me to lay things down in this life and to let go of stuff in order to make your will a huge priority. I'm not asking you to prayer walk just because it will do certain things for you. I'm asking you to prayer walk because I believe God will bless it. And I believe God will use it. But I want you to understand, I want to try to help convince you that it's profitable for you to do it. So I believe these are some benefits of you going out and prayer walking. You say, well, I, I, how, how do I do that, Pastor? I, how, how do I pray? I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Well, let me very quickly go through some things. And I'd be happy to email this list to every one of you if, if you would like it, okay? Let me give you five guidelines for praying for the, the neighborhood, for unchurched people real quick, all right? Number one, you pray that the Father would draw people to Jesus. All right, John chapter 6, verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up in the last day. Jesus draws people to him. The Holy Spirit is that, that wonderful peace, that wonderful component that draws, all right? So we pray for, for uh, the Father to draw people in. All right, number two, we pray that the, the, the spirit that blinds people's minds will be uh, cut off, all right, or bound up or whatever. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. There's a blindness. There's a veil over people. They don't really see. All right, you can't expect people to act like Christians and, and to act godly when they have a veil, when there's darkness over them. You can't expect them to act that way. You shouldn't expect them to act that way. Don't judge them. Don't criticize them. Don't condemn them. They're not Christians. Go out and love them. All right? Love people and pray for them, asking God to open their eyes so that they can see. All right? Don't expect someone who isn't a Christian to act like a Christian. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't make sense to me, and I am a Christian. All right? But if you are a Christian, act like one. All right? There is a distinction. Okay? Number three, pray that, that, that God will loose the spirit of adoption on people. There's, there's this, this sense, this, this, this uh, change in a person's heart that comes, and they begin to understand that they can be adopted by the Father. They're loved, and, and, and he's drawing them so that they, they can be adopted, all right? The, the spirit uh, you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him you cry, or we cry, Abba, Father. Here's, here's the deal, folks. This is the beautiful story right here. God makes a way for you to feel like you've been received, all right? You're wanted, you're affirmed, and, and, and God wants to bring you in, and He wants to make you a child of His. He wants to make you a son or a daughter. He wants to make you a, a joint heir with Christ. And so we pray for this to be released in, in our neighborhood, that people will feel this sense of being drawn to the Father. Many, many of us today, we don't know a Father's love in, in, in reality because our earthly fathers weren't able to give that for whatever reason. But this isn't a day to pound on fathers that didn't do it right. 
This is a day to say, on this Father's Day, rather than just go with the flow and go buy a Hallmark card because somebody came up with a day to honor fathers because they had a day to honor mothers, and so it made sense we should honor fathers so that there's a little bit more equity there or whatever. Now, that, all that's bogus, all right? In the church, number one, we don't have to do things the way the world does them or on the same calendar, okay? But it's Father's Day. So let's just say, hey, all right, let's honor fathers. Let's challenge fathers to, to, to follow God and, to, and to sp uh, lead spiritually as they should. But more than that, let's realize that there is a heavenly Father that can cross over every wound, every hurt, every trouble, everything that you've ever faced or dealt with and heal you and restore you and set you free and you can know Him as His son or daughter. Hallelujah. That's the message. All right? That's the message that we need on this Father's Day. Okay? All right? And then the next thing is pray that believers will cross unbelievers' paths and enter into positive relationships with them. All right? Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, Matthew 9, verse 38, to send out workers into his harvest field. One of the, the testimonies today brought that up. All right? I believe that you are those laborers and that you are called to the field. All right? Not the field house. You come into the field house to be restored and to be refreshed and to be renewed and to be challenged, all right? To be held accountable, all those things. But the intent is that you are here for the purpose of being sent out, all right? The field house is a temporary place. You come in, God moves in your heart, blesses you and touches you, and then he sends you out. And you need to go out, all right? You are those laborers. And we need to pray not only that you and I are going, but that God will bring others in who will be laborers as well and that they will go out also, okay? Then the last thing is you need to pray as you're out there that God will loose the spirit of wisdom and revelation on people so that they may know God better. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. Not only that you know Him better, but others know Him better as well. See, here's the, here's the deal with Christianity, with faith, is that everything I got, I need to want to give to you. There's no place for selfishness and hoarding in the kingdom of God. So whatever God has given me in terms of revelation and understanding, I need to be giving to others. And you need to be doing the same. What God has put inside of you, you need to give out to others. It's an endless supply, by the way, all right? It's not a well that runs dry. There shall be in you living waters, fountains that are springing up, that are everlasting, and so this, this life that flows out of you is continual. And God wants you to pour that out and be the light of the world. Let's go back one more time to that verse that I gave you earlier. Above all, seek the peace and the prosperity of your city. Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city, the one to which I carried you says the Lord. Folks, unlike Israel, you are not in exile. <laughs> you may think so. On a cold winter's night in January, I'm convinced I have been exiled to the uttermost ends of the earth. But that is a bad attitude. I am here for purpose, and so are you. We have a destiny to fulfill in the kingdom of God. And I will not stop short of challenging every one of you. 
that you rise up and fulfill that destiny. Not only that you seek the peace of prosperity of the city through prayer, but you become the vehicle for that. I had a lady come in this morning and she won one of the gift cards. We gave away a $100 gift card yesterday to Walmart in, in a prize drawing. We gave a $50 gift card away. We gave a $25 gift card away. This lady came in this morning and she, she, she got her $50 gift card and she, she, she put her hand around me and she goes, I, I just got a call and the telephone company is going to turn my phone off if I don't pay the bill. This will pay the bill right here. I'm going right now and go down and pay my bill. Uh, we, we did a good deed. I didn't know who, you know, if, if I had money and thought, well, who should I give it to? I wouldn't know who to give it to. But God knew exactly who needed that money. And, and, and I'm, I believe, again, I may be naive in some ways, but I believe that God picked the winners. Because it was his money, and we gave it out of the goodness of our heart to demonstrate the generosity of, of Christ. And I believe God picked the He knew who needed to pay their telephone bill. And he made a way. He made a way to do that. Let them see your good deeds, that they may praise the Father who is in heaven. We're seeking the peace and the prosperity of this community. It is imperative that you and I get out. All right? Get out. And let's fulfill this. Would you stand with me? I want to just pray for you this morning. I want to challenge you. You can pray. Uh, there are prayer walks scheduled. Talk to Jack in the back. Jack, raise your hand. Let everybody look at Jack in the back. He prayer walked as much as anybody did and passed out flyers. Him and, and Dave Schwab. And, uh, and there were others, too, Roy and Yvette and different ones, Chris. Uh, oh, Johnny. Johnny went yesterday, house to house to house, a good hundred flyers put out with his dad and mom and others. You know, there many of you did many different things. Some of you gave financially. Uh, I got, I got a, a check from one of the college students that is away that said, uh, gave us $100 and said, hey, do whatever you need to do for the outreach. I'm on it. You know? it's, just, it's beautiful to see people doing things. All right? And we don't want to discount anything that anybody's done. Thank you for everything you did because it was all done in love. But as I said, we just took the lid off. We're doing this again and again and again. We're, doing, we're going into this neighborhood day after day and praying. So there are times where you can pray. This week even. Talk to me. Talk to Pastor Dave. Talk to Jack or others. All right? And we'll, we'll get you involved. All right? We are going to love this great neighborhood that we're in and bless it in Jesus' name. Amen? We'll see a difference as we do that. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for yesterday. It was awesome. You did so much uh, to touch people's lives. And that's what we want. God, we just want to be vessels of honor. We want to be conduits. We want, we want you to flow through us. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to just inundate us even today with fresh anointing, fresh power. Just fill us up today with all of your power and, 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 and just work through us, God, as your people, Lord. Bless this neighborhood through Life Church, Lord. Use us for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right? Now, we're going to go in just a second. Pastor, come up here. Come, come, come let me pray for you. All right? This is a pastor in our neighborhood. All right? 
I don't have a microphone. No, tell them your name. Hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Osmar Binales. Uh, basically, basically, we are worship down in uh, 12th and Marion Road, where uh, Cedar Plaza is. We're located in uh, Suite 10. Uh, we're working with uh, Hispanic people around, and uh, just where I stopped by, and I, you know, every single day when I drive, you know, on that road, you know, I was telling you to me, go and stop and talk to uh, Pastor Bill. So that's, you know, that's a, a gesture I stopped by and I met uh, Pastor Bill. Uh, let me tell you something, and I know you know that, but you have a great pastor. Um, and then uh, and then I was talking to him, you know, and uh, uh, my friend right there, my brother, uh, your name again? Dave. We're talking to him, um, the way how you guys worship, you know, that's the way how we worship in our church. Um, we asking God and we seeking God for his presence, you know, for his spirit. So we can be more flexible as he was talking, you know, and, and the message. There is a lot of work to do with our neighbor. That's a lot of work to do. And what we're doing. That's the good question. What are we doing for? Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to pray for this man and for his church and just ask God to bless them. All right. So everybody, let's pray right now. All right. And agree, agree together in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for our pastor in this neighborhood, our brother, our co-laborer. We pray for their church, Lord. We pray for, for Shiloh. We pray, God, that you would, we would just pour your blessing over them, Lord. That your anointing would be upon pastor. That he would preach with fire. He would preach with authority. He would preach with wisdom. He would preach with revelation, Father. We pray, God, that you would just, just pour yourself over them and anoint them, God, to be that light, into the, in particular into the Hispanic community. But, God, don't let them limit themselves there, God. Let them see themselves capable of reaching every cultural group, God, that is within this city, Father. Bless them mightily and fulfill your purpose and your will through their lives, Lord. Let their body, Lord, receive blessing from you, God, and anointing from you and resources from you, God, that they may fulfill your purpose, God. Let them give you glory and honor and praise as a light into this earth, God. Do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. All right. Hey, I love you. We love being your pastors. You're the greatest bunch of people in the world. Have a great week.